Chapter 11 of Short Stories for Short People. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Short Stories for Short People by Alicia Stewart Aspinwall. Chapter 11 A Grasshopper's Trip to the City. Once upon a time, there was a green grasshopper who lived with his papa and mamma, his brother and sisters under a daisy in a green field. Near them was a big red house, and in the house lived a boy whose name was Southworth. This boy owned a beautiful cat called Propriety, which was a very long name, but then she was a very long cat. She was gray and had the greenest eyes you ever saw, but she had one serious fault. She was very fond of eating grasshoppers. She would crouch in the long grass, and when one appeared, out would come her paw, and that grasshopper would never, never hop any more. She knew no better, but that did not make it any happier for the grasshopper. Southworth thought that Propriety's eyes were green because she ate so many grasshoppers. I can scarcely believe it was so, however, because some cats drink only milk, and I never saw any cat with wide eyes, did you? Now, the grasshopper who lived under the daisy asked his mother one day if he might take a hop. He didn't say walk as you do, as he didn't know how to walk. His mother said yes, but told him to be very careful to keep away from propriety. He said he would, and off he hopped. He had a lovely time looking at all the pretty flowers in the field. He saw a great ripe raspberry hanging temptingly just where he could reach it. Now, a few days before, he had seen Southworth eating a raspberry, and had heard him say, how delicious, so he thought he too would taste this berry. But he did not like it at all, so popped it out as quickly as he could, and looked sadly down at his pretty green coat that was all stained with the red juice. He was a neat grasshopper, and he wiped his little mouth and coat and legs as well as he could with a clean leaf that grew near. He had hopped quite a distance from his home by this time, and feeling tired, looked about for a nap place. He soon found it, a flat stone on which the sun had been shining all the morning, making it warm and comfortable. He lay down in the very middle of it, and was soon fast asleep. Now under the stone there was a hole, and in it lived a black snake. He too was fond of sleeping, and had found his own favorite nap place on the very same warm flat stone on which the grasshopper was lying. The snake came from his hole, looked about, and said, I think I will take a nap. So he crawled up on the stone, not noticing the grasshopper, and curled himself round and round and round and went to sleep. Not a very comfortable position for a nap, but then he was only a snake, and, I dare say, had no kind mother to tell him to lie straight. Pretty soon the grasshopper woke up, and you never saw such a surprised grasshopper as this one. At first he thought there was a black mountain before him. Then he found that the black mountain went entirely round him. I must jump, said he, and he did. But he was sleepy, and he was frightened, and where do you think he jumped? Directly on the snake's head. This woke up the snake, who lifted his head and said, Sss. 
but of course he could not see the grasshopper nor could he touch him the grasshopper didn't know what s meant but it sounded very dreadful and being now thoroughly awake he made a tremendous jump high in the air and came down on something warm soft gray at first he thought it was a new kind of grass and then his heart stood still for he found that he was on the head and right between the ears of his greatest enemy propriety who was crouching in the grass watching for grasshoppers he gave one agonized jump for his life twas a high jump twas a long jump and his next landing place was not land at all but water for the poor little fellow found himself in a pond it seemed like the ocean to him and he called loudly for help help just then he saw floating on the water something green he made a great effort and succeeding in reaching it scrambled up on a large leaf it was a lily pad and beside it grew a most beautiful pink water lily poor little fellow said the leaf rest on me i will rock you very gently and you will soon be better and the lily bent her beautiful head and said yes rest come nearer me for i carry a perfume that must surely make you better the grasshopper who was very polite thanked them both and sure enough was soon well again you are beautiful he said to the lily who blushed growing pinker than ever i am sorry continued the grasshopper that you cannot hop about i am sure it would give every one in our field the greatest pleasure to see you oh if you could only hop about and shed your delicious perfume the water lily smiled i suppose you have never seen a water lily smile and didn't know they could do so but this was a very remarkable lily little grasshopper said she i should feel sad indeed if i thought i should remain here forever and do no good in the world but my brothers and sisters have always been taken to the hot dusty city and given to poor people many of whom have never seen the beautiful country and the green growing things they have been happy in seeing the lilies and the lilies themselves have been happy in the knowledge that they were giving pleasure and so doing good she had scarcely finished speaking when voices were heard and two boys appeared one holding a large bunch of beautiful water lilies oh said he pointing to our lily here is a fine pink one i must pick that meanwhile the grasshopper had been thinking over what the lily had said and he too longed to do good he knew he was a fine jumper for his father had often told him so and he also knew that he was a pretty little fellow being very green and having long slender legs he thought now perhaps those poor city people would like to see a grasshopper fresh from the country in a twinkling his mind was made up he too would go to the city so he jumped right into the very heart of the lily she was surprised but pleased the boy meanwhile waded into the shallow water picked the lily and walked with it a long way down a wooded road till he came to a railway station soon a train came puff puff puffing along the grasshopper was very much frightened and clung closely to the lily she herself was trembling with fear but said kindly do not be afraid i will protect you dear the train stopped 
and the boy with the flowers clasped tightly in his hand stepped on board and walked through the car calling lilies lilies for sale ten cents a bunch a lady bought them and on they went toward the dusty city before very long the train the lady the lilies and the grasshopper arrived then they took a horse car and on they went again till they came to a big red building which they entered over its door was the name children's hospital but the lily and the grasshopper did not know that for they had never been taught to read another lady dressed in black and wearing a tall white cap now appeared and taking the flowers placed them in a green vase filled with water and oh how glad they were to taste water again for they were very thirsty i bought these said the first lady thinking that perhaps the poor children at the hospital who are ill and suffering might enjoy them indeed they will said the other lady then the lilies were taken into a large room where there were many small white beds side by side and on each bed lay a little child they were good children and although they were all ill they knew they were there to be made better by the kind doctors and nurses so they were very patient and uncomplaining when the lilies were brought in many heads were raised to look at them while many voices said how beautiful and one boy asked what are those pretty things flowers poor fellow he had never seen any water lilies before the nurse let each child smell them and the pink lily whispered to the grasshopper now i am happy for i am doing good the flowers were placed on a small table between two beds lily dear said the grasshopper don't you think this is a good time for me to appear i am sure these children will be glad to see me i will hop from bed to bed so that each child may have a good look at me then i too shall be doing good well said the lily go so out hopped the little fellow first on the bed nearest but the girl who lay there didn't see him so he jumped directly on her hand but the child who had never seen a grasshopper before was so frightened that she screamed loudly twas a bug a horrid green bug she said to the nurse who hurried to her bedside the grasshopper much frightened jumped to the next bed and then to the next but alas alas only to be met with shrieks of fear the nurses ran from bed to bed trying to catch him screaming too and i am sure he would have screamed louder than any of them only he didn't know how to do it at last he managed to hop back unseen to his friend the lily and curled down in his old place crying bitterly she comforted him folding her petals closely about him and he lay there hidden and at rest there he remained for several days till at last the lily told him she was dying we must all die you know and i have done my work so i'm ready to go the next morning when the grasshopper said good morning dear lily she did not answer her beautiful head was drooping she was dead soon the nurse came and taking the flowers away threw them into an ash barrel the grasshopper hopped out and kissing his lily for the last time sat near her on the top of the rubbish he felt very badly for his only friend had gone from him a man soon appeared who emptied the contents of the barrel into a big wagon 
but the grasshopper jumped just in time and landed on the very top of the load, a little speck of bright green in the midst of the ashes and rubbish. The cart rattled noisily over the city streets and soon came in sight of the scene. Its contents were emptied into a big boat, which was waiting at the wharf. Again the grasshopper jumped and once more found himself on the very top of everything. He looked about and saw rubbish, rubbish, rubbish everywhere. Choo, 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 and on went the steamboat down the harbor. An old tin can that was lying near said, Good morning, bah. Good morning, answered the grasshopper, but why bah? Because, said the cow proudly, I am a mutton can, so of course I say bah. Oh, of course, assented the grasshopper, adding politely. I am sure it sounded very pretty, only I didn't know quite what it meant, sir. Quite excusable, said the can. Where are we going? To be emptied into the sea, answered the can. Then noticing the terrified look on the grasshopper's face, he added, You must not give yourself the slightest uneasiness, however, for I can float. After this abominably selfish speech, the can settled himself back very comfortably and smiled. But I can't float, said the gr poor grasshopper, and what will become of me? Get off, was the laconic answer. Where? We stop at another wharf farther down the harbor, and there will be your chance. Bah! Thank you, kind can, I will, said the grasshopper. And when they reached the next wharf, off he jumped. He hopped and hopped till he came to a stone wall, and over this he skipped, finding himself in a beautiful field in which grew a wilderness of daisies. How do you do, said they, and how are you, answered he, what is the name of this place? Quincy. What? cried the grasshopper. Then this is where I live. Just then he saw, not far away, a large red house which he at once recognized as the home of Southworth and propriety. I am sure no grasshopper ever hopped his little way to his home more quickly than this one. Soon he came to his own field, and there under the home daisy sat his mamma crying bitterly for her son. As he came near, he heard her say, Oh, I shall never, never see him again. Then up he went and gave her one big kiss on her cheek. When she saw who it was, she cried again, but this time it was from joy, and the grasshopper cried with her. Soon his papa and all his brothers and sisters came up, and he told them about his travels. When he had finished, he said to his mother, I shall never go away from you again, but always live here in this field. And they say that he lived to a green old age, but then, to be sure, he was very green to begin with. End of chapter 11